Never had it so good. 101.1 radio, the best R&B and hip hop music. The Quiet Storm every Friday and Saturday. Talk radio with the best host in the business. 
Sports Talk Radio Every weekend night with Princess Cooper Never had it so good radio Now on 101.1 And it's 24-7 The world's best radio station In this day and time, stereotypes are the false descriptions for all of humanity. James T. DeShay is the author of two great poetry books that attempt to describe life from a male perspective. It has been a common belief that men are unable to put into words their deepest feelings and spend most of their time focused on the surface of what life means. Thoughts, love, and reflections, and passion, desire, and contemplation take you on a journey that has very few travelers. Mr. Deshay has opened his heart and spirit up in ways that few have ever experienced. The depth of his poetry will have you reading his books and poems over and over again. You will find yourself using his passages to describe your own feelings to your family and friends. It is now time to put aside your thoughts and feelings related to the depth of men's thoughts and delve deeply into the words of James T. DeShay. Once again, he will put an end to your thoughts that men can't translate their heartfelt spirit into words. Both of these books will allow you to find comfort in the reality of the heart of men. You will spend hours trying to embrace the way men want to love and display their passion to the women they love. Don't be fooled by those books that create love through words of lust, vulgarity, and unhealthy displays of sexual activities. You will discover the types of words that will allow you to rejoice in the future of what love truly means to men. Your book clubs and families will be able to discuss these words without fear. No one will have to leave the room. Both of these books can be purchased at jamestdeshay2.com and lulu.com. Feel free to reach out to the author at tlreflectionsjtd at gmail.com. This is James T. Shade, the host of Thoughts, Love, and Reflections, brought to you by Never Had It So Good Sports Media Network. I have something very interesting to talk to you guys about today because it came to me in a very unique fashion. And I want all of my listeners uh, to text me or email me uh, and get me these unique stories so that we can get them on the air and talk to people about them. Uh, so um, I want to talk today about a story that Nate sent to me uh, that kind of blew me out of my chair and kind of just sprung up some uh, unbelievable thoughts in myself because I did some of the same things that this article talked about. I have gone to Starbucks to meet somebody to have a conversation, and I did not purchase anything. And I never thought that I was doing something illegal or that could get me arrested by going to Starbucks, waiting for somebody to uh, meet me, there are times when those people went and got coffee, and there's times when they didn't. And I always assumed that Starbucks was a safe place for me to come and sit down 
either outside or inside, and wait for a person to come see me and have a conversation. But lo and behold, two young men who looked to be in their 20s did the same thing in Philadelphia. The person they were waiting for did finally come, but by that point, both of them were in handcuffs. No time did these boys get up and act erotically. At no time did it seem that they were fussing or cussing. Uh, two white patrons came to their defense and said they, they had not done anything. But see, people don't realize that there are a lot of managers who bring biases to the table who refuse to treat people of color in the same manner that they treat white America. And that's when we have what we call white privilege. And so that's the part that frustrates me when we talk about our children coming home safe and doing whatever it takes to come home safe, but accepting the poor treatment from these people who manage these places, who treat them and exert their privilege and exert their pressure and 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 allow police officers to do things that they would not do to white patrons. So it's important to me to say to you, it is something that we have to discuss. I call the local Starbucks here in Orlando, and I was told that that was not their policy, corporate office, and talked to an individual there who had knowledge of the incident, who said that it was being investigated, and uh, that she was terribly sorry for what had happened. But we have to be willing to do what Joyce had always told us. When these things come up, we have to be ready and prepared to make a statement. And I want to believe that there are coffee houses and other places, uh, McDonald's and Burger King, that allow people to come in and have meetings and talk to people who are, who may, again, they may or may not to the counter and order something. I have never thought that those places were not prepared to allow regular customers to do that because we spend a lot of money with them regularly. So if one day we happen not to, does that mean that we can be arrested by police officers? Sarah, what is your thoughts? Did you get a chance to see the video? Did you call on me, James? Yes. Good evening. How's everyone doing? Um, I did look at the video. I was really appalled by it because I'm too am guilty of that. And when I say that is that I may sit there and I may not order until maybe somebody who I'm meeting actually comes to see what it is that they may want. Um, I, I can't say that I've never ordered anything at all. 
And even if I didn't um, drink or eat anything, I would order for whoever I was meeting. And I met quite a few um, clients there, um, especially when I was in Tennessee. Um, I was very, very surprised. And I think, and just from hearing it and you saying it was not the policies of any of the other Starbucks that you may have reached out to, it sounds like fear had set in on whoever did the calling. And that's one thing that I find if we are not dressed in a certain way, they assume certain things about us that are not true. And it seems as though she could have been fearful of what might happen with these two individuals, you know, sitting there. And to her surprise, you know, I know she and everybody else was surprised to that they weren't just sitting there. They said, you know, they were honest and they were meeting somebody. And it was a um, legitimate and reputable um, meeting. So um, I want to, and I would like to say, you know, in um, as far as for Starbucks, that this was an isolated um, situation. And that even if it was not that Starbucks policy, that they did back up the um, manager, but I I think that that was a little bit um, a little bit too much, little bit too much. Well, it's important that we recognize that there are some people in management who need to recognize when an issue requires them to call the police or not. Certainly, you cannot call the police on African Americans if you would not do the same on your white patrons. And certainly you shouldn't use your biases about the way they dress or the way they look. Both of these young men did look to be to look like normal African American young men. One of them did seem to have uh, their hair braided uh, but again he still looked clean cut. So, Joyce, we should not expect different treatment for our young people than we expect for ourselves. And certainly there were two white patrons who readily saw that these black young men were being treated differently uh, than they were being treated. You know, you know, it, it, it's really sad. It's just really sad. Uh, why Why would you assume when, see, what makes me so angry, and good afternoon, everyone. Uh, I'm so happy to be here today. What makes me so angry is that when they see more than one person black, uh, two minorities together, they get scared. But, the, the, but why shouldn't we feel that same way when we see two of them? It's it just something like we just stick out and more than likely, what is there to be afraid of? And how, why would you assume why would you assume that the two young men are not having a legible meeting? Why would you assume just because they're black that you have to call the police? This is ridiculous. You know, but it's just not happening to our young men. It happened to us on the job. It happens to us out in the public. It happened to all of us. You, you never will ever, and I don't care how high you go or what type of status you are, 
we would never, ever get the respect that we should and what we do deserve just by being African-American, Afro-American, Black, Afro, whatever it is, nationality, or how you want to say it. But this is, it, it does not make any sense. But, you know, just because a person, automatically your color is one thing that will put you totally in a category just just by who, just by being. That's how come that when you open your mouth and the way that you present yourself, you got to make them change their mind. Just like uh, the gentleman say that when he go to work, his presentation speaks for itself. Let him know that. You know, it's a certain way that you address me and a certain way that uh, you communicate with me just by the way that I carry myself, just by the way that I respond, and just by the way I speak. So that's what we have to teach our young people. And it's sad that these these people are getting in these positions, and particularly management, law enforcement position, and they scared. So if you got a fear, there's no way you're in the wrong occupation. And no one should never, ever get in an occupation where they are fear of another person just because of who they are, because of the color of their skin. It, it doesn't make any sense. That's where training needs to come in with these companies. They're so busy sending them in and out of the door instead of really knowing who your, your employees are and who is representing you as a company, you see. Because this Starbucks, that has changed my opinion about about, about who they are and what they are. I see people in Starbucks all the time meeting. Never do are they drinking or having to order anything. I've done it myself when I was in uh, working uh, where my supervisor wanted to give me an evaluation. He wasn't able to make it back to the office. He asked that I come and meet him at a Starbucks, and that's what I did. But, you know, just to say that a, that. Two men of color, you know, why are they so afraid of, of, of black men? I just, I don't get it. I really don't get it, you see. But I think it may be a psychological thing where we've been treated so poorly back in D-Day and how they play, the games that they play. We, I have no idea as to what that comes from. But, you know, we're stating that our young people are changing and they're the new generation. But uh, I don't think, I don't see that happening as much as we think that it is because I, I see a lot of uh, discrepancy with our young people and especially our young people that are coming up as to how they view things. And they should be more open-minded as to how they look at each other because they've been more with us and our race more than any other race in my generation. But it, it's really sad. I'm I'm done with Starbucks. Uh, D, I have to say that I just pictured and thought Starbucks, I'm not a big coffee person, and their menu does not fit my taste buds. But I always felt comfortable that they portrayed themselves as a place where you could come sit down and interact with uh, your friends or your business people and not uh, be required uh, to buy something. And uh, there have been times when I have gone there and my guests have bought something, uh, but I have waited for my guests. I never thought that I was doing something that would be perceived as against the law. Good evening, everybody. Uh, James, uh, were you speaking to me? I'm sorry. Yeah, I was speaking to you, D. Very good. Thank you. Uh, good evening, everybody. Uh, I'm sorry I was late, so I don't have the full uh, explanation of the of the topic. 
But from listening to Ms. Shara on the back end and listening to Joyce just a moment ago, uh, it seems as though that we are in a place and in a position, and this is the part that I'm angry about, uh, that we seemingly always having to prove ourselves to them. Um, especially in this day and time when I think it is us as other Americans, and I'm not just talking about African Americans, it is us as other Americans that's, that's owed an apology from for, for the uh, misrepresentation that they have uh, bestowed upon us by, by electing this person in the White House. Now, uh, you spoke about, uh, I think Ms. George spoke about where all this come from. You know, uh, we first started to notice it after the murder of uh, Trayvon Martin. And then when the uh, the, um, the scrutiny or uh, the lack of judgment from the police department when it comes down to when it comes down to um, shooting unarmed black men, you know. But, um, you know, I think it's just a, an abundance, and I'm not sure if that's the right word, uh, of arrogance on their part. Um, you know, they are too arrogant to apologize. Uh, Donald Trump kind of brought that to our attention. No matter how wrong they are, they just seem to be too arrogant to apologize for one. And in all of that, I think this is just a byproduct of that arrogance. Um, so, you know, going forward, you know, our young people don't understand, and they, and they really are, are being t- treated unjustly because, you know, we don't have to wear our hair slick, fried, and dyed to the side to appease them. should not have to be that way, you know. So if uh, if, if a young brother goes in, uh, dress in today's attire, but his pants are pulled up, and um, he's uh, seen to be dressed nicely, and but he got his hair in spikes. That's a sign of the time. So who's who's so old phobic that they can't come around to that realization? Uh, like Ms. George said, there's something definitely wrong with with what's going on in in their way of thinking. And I'm going to just leave it at that. Is their way of thinking. Thank you, folks. Uh, D, I want to just say to you that I do believe uh, that we have been moving in this direction because of some of these incidents that have been happening with the police. And people feel more confident about calling the police for things that they ought to be able to talk out. And in this case, both of these young men were dressed appropriately. There was nothing that made them look homeless. Uh, They looked uh, very confident, and they looked appropriate for just sitting and waiting for a friend to come who was was a little late. So the anger in me is, is that I have done this in a normal fashion. So what you tell me is what I was doing normal waiting for friends and scheduling appointments at Starbucks uh, could have gotten me locked up. Uh, I see we got a new caller, 0359. This is your last four digits, 30354. I'm sorry. 
888-646-0354. What's your name and where you're calling from? And what are your thoughts in regards to how we, the simplest of things, are now getting African Americans, Americans and people of color locked up? Hey, y'all, this is Shay again from yesterday. Um, okay. I feel like it's becoming the norm because of who we have in president uh, in the presidency. Someone who blatantly disrespects women and people of color, period, has given those who are not of color the confidence to display what they have always felt. No matter if my hair is fixed appropriately, no matter if I'm a guy, you know, a guy who is dressed decently, they still look as a look at us as though we are still nobody. That I don't. I feel like it never went away. They're just more boldly about it now. I guess I should say. So in a retrospect. I don't believe we have come as far as we thought we had, honestly. What happened? What happened? I I don't know. (laughs) You might have felt the way. He probably just fell off the, um, the air for a minute. But you know you are right I'm when so you sorry. say that. Um, I'm back. I got, I got. We, you know, I was just agreeing <laughs> with our new caller. You know, we have to really pay attention. Our older, the older age, we we found ways to deal with these situations, and I think they are less likely to approach us inappropriate when we're older. But they're finding themselves comfortable. Uh, engaging our young people and then finding that our young people are not going to accept uh, these things. And so, uh, D, we find ourselves trying to figure out how to talk to our young people, but our young people aren't wrong for wanting to go meet their friends at a local Starbucks and wait till that friend come to decide whether or not they want something or not. And uh, so, when they see others doing the same thing they want to do, they don't want to be denied. Oh, that's very true. Uh, you know, I'm sorry. Uh, that was for me, wasn't it, James? I, I apologize. Yeah, it was for you. It was for you, okay. D. Thank you. Uh, you know, it's no reason for us to assume or, look, it, it is totally unfair. Um, you know, we all know that when we was young, we did things that young people do, point blank. Okay, now for them to hold young people to a different standard and not allow them to grow up and mature and still hold them to a lesser standard, I think that seems to be the the bias and the stereotype or the stereotypical attitude that they seem to have. Now, in all of that, that's where I have a problem with white Christianity. Okay, because the, the the Christian church, or especially their church, is not guiding them to a to a, a greater level of uh, of acceptance. Uh, it's not helping them along 
in the way of expectation on how to coexist in a world that you don't own. That is, that they don't think they own this world. So um, that's why now I am convinced that we are, we that are believers, uh, we serve a, a, a different a deity or entity, a, a, a different God, a different Christ, because they're not showing me anything. All right, so I, I'm the kind I'm the kind of person now that I'm doing a lot of observations. I'm I'm observing a lot, and uh, I'm looking at them kind of sideways, really for real, because they're they're not showing me the things that I would uh, that I had given them credit for. You know, as, as, especially in 2018, I'm not seeing much of anything coming from them. Uh, so going forward, uh, you know, our young people, we, and that's why we got to turn the page now. We have to turn the page now and and show some new tolerance for our young people because they are our people. You know, and we have to guide them along. That's why we it's so important now for us to change our strategy of approach on how we approach them. You know, as a, as opposed to talking at them, we got to learn to talk to them. Because right. they're going to need us. They're going to need us. They're going to need our experience on how to deal with this situation going forward. Thank you. Well said. And I have to say, I have to say that it is, I hate the fact that these two young men had to experience jail and who uh, went to jail and I think they didn't release them until uh, 2 a.m. in the morning. And so here you have people who have done something that was perfectly normal and having to experience jail time as a result. And that is just devastating. Everybody don't want to experience that in their lives. So, Joyce, here we have a situation where you have, Done something detrimental to these young men that they will never forget. Oh, that's that's true, but uh, like D said and very well said, D, we have to start talking to and not at our young people, and we have to really explain more in detail. I mean, if that's what it's if that's what it's going to take them to get what we need to do to get over and for them to carry themselves in a, a uh, in a in a way the big picture because we got to let them know that everything uh, black and white the way that it should be because we're always going to be and no matter how high you go or what position you hold you always going to be dealt with on a different standard you always going to be looked at in a different way but if we if we use our head and we can think we will have we'll come out ahead on the better end of the stick It's important, and we know that to be true, but even our justice system is failing us. And so it, it is, you know, we want to say, okay, look, um, call your lawyer, uh, make a report, so the police have to take a report. But those reports seem to be bent on making those, taking those boys to jail. Uh, again, until I get your name, I'm sorry. Zero three five four. It it is just unfair to our young people uh, that they have to always be on the alert 
when it comes to confrontation with white Americans. I apologize, y'all. My phone is is acting retarded. But my name is Shay. Um, I actually had a friend who experienced something similar to that, except for he was driving. <laughs> and I, I was actually on the phone with him when it happened. And he was like, let me call you back. Make a long story short. After it was all over and, and done, uh, they pulled him over for oh, for whatever reason. They said he was speeding, I think. They ended up handcuffing him and had him on the sidewalk, and they searched his car. And they found, of course, they found a gun, but it was registered in his name and a large sum of money. So automatically they assumed that it was um, – drug-related or, you know, it just was, it just didn't seem right for a young black guy to be uh, in possession of that kind of money along with the pistol. So they, I mean, found every avenue, they tried to search every avenue that they could to come up with a reason, but there was no reason. I mean, this is a, a, this a school student who eventually went to jail, had to call his parents, and they had to call up the lawyer. And he eventually was released like 4 or 5 o'clock in the morning, which traumatized him, never been in trouble, never caused any uproar whatsoever. But as a young person, I heard one of the callers say the older generation can teach the younger generation how to go about, uh, I guess, uh, talking to them instead of at them. But that's not... That's not seeming to solve anything lately. No matter, like I said earlier, you could be dressed appropriately. You could have X amount of degrees in the world, talk the correct way. It's just not clicking. And I'm at life first. I don't know what would, how can the younger generation change that? Like, what what can we do to to change how we're perceived. If they say pull up your pants, they're doing that. If they say don't wear your hair so Afrocentric, or if they say go to school, I mean, what can we do? I guess it's my question. Well, certainly, um, I have heard on this show and we've heard throughout the country that we have to appease white America so that they won't take the crazy way of dealing with us um, all the time. You know, I, we had a young lady who died in jail because she committed suicide, but she shouldn't have went to jail for a traffic violation in the first place. And um, so it is just seemingly their first thought is, put us in handcuffs and lead us to jail and disrespect us in so many different ways. Um, Cheryl, what what is your thought? I know you have a young son and you keep telling him what's important is to get home first. But we have to recognize that these people are out there disrespecting us as citizens and just thinking it is no big deal when they take us to jail. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, um, 
my son too um is one of those that um that where every time you look around his hair's a different way, and I'm the corporate because I'm the one who do it um I do the twists, I do the plaits, I do the you know the braids I do you know the different things to his hair um and my thing is I don't have any other issues with him. He doesn't, you know, walk around with his pants sagging, um, not disrespectful, none of the, you know, the other things. And I have to pick my battles. And my battle, one of my battles is not, you know, his hair. And I realize that to some, it's that don't understand it. It's offensive to them um, because they feel like they are expressing who they are, but it's just the same way when another individual get up in the morning and maybe she would curl her hair or whatever they do, you know, to it, or just their way of dressing. And to me, a lot of it has to do with exception. They will not accept us first before they are willing to accept us. Because I can recall living on Hilton Head Island for seven years, and I was contracted out to a bridal shop that was owned by three um, white individual ladies um, that just really, this was their, I don't want to say entertainment, but this was just to give them something to do to get out the house. And one day they told me, well, you just like us. And when they went, and I looked at them like, you know, to say that I am human just like you. It just because of the color of my skin, but that meant they had to get to know me personally over time to accept who I was. But, you know, even today, I don't think that our young people understand the seriousness of how they they won't accept us. Because my son really believes, you know, other than me drilling him all the time, is that he has to be careful. I don't care how much they smile in your face. I don't care how much you think that they have your back. When it's all said and done, trust me, they don't. If it's you against them or if it's them, you against somebody else, and they have sides to take, it won't be your side that they will take. And I mean within the individuals that you call, and I, you know, I tell him don't use the word friend loosely. I want to say you're associate. They, you're not going to be the one that they're going to back up. And if you can prepare him for that. So in meanwhile is that, you know, we are teaching our individuals not to be who they really are because it's like, you don't don't get too loud, especially in a place, you know, where you're going to make somebody uncomfortable. Don't do this and don't do that and don't do this. So it's like, well, what can I do? Now, I mean, you know, he don't say that to me, but I'm just saying, what can they do to not to be themselves but have to, and somebody say, appease to others? So you're not being yourself. And, I mean, not being yourself does not mean that you're not young men, um, upholding citizens, but 
you know, if you clowning, as young individuals do, you know, don't do it because it may be taken wrong. So those things is that we're restricting them because we know the consequences. We know the outcome. But they really don't understand it. They don't understand it to the level that we do until they really, really face with it. You know, and it's sad. It's sad that we got to continuously, you know, teach them and go over or me with my son here. You know, because like I said, the one goal is is for him to get home. So, um, I mean, I just tried to ask him to be careful. I'll FaceTime him. Um, you know, and I'm telling not to get in your business, but just for safety purpose. And it's sad that I constantly have to do that, you know, to make sure that he's safe. Because we didn't have to do that coming on. We just had to be home before the street light came on. That's all we had to do. But today, during the daytime, I need you to check in. When I FaceTime you, just please answer that phone. When I call, text, if you can't talk, you know, communicate. So it's become to be more that we as um, parents and individuals have to do where our younger generation is concerned. And it shouldn't be. It really should not be. One of the things that I noticed when I watched the video, these young men stayed calm. They didn't get up. They didn't get up until the police officers uh, asked them to get up because they were going to get arrested. Uh, But it just seemed to be uh, when I saw the white patriots standing up for them, and uh, still nobody was willing uh, to suggest a different way of them handling the situation other than being arrested. And then when I read on, the commissioner of police said they did everything right. But, see, that's one of the major problems we have in our society is that the officials are not willing to call their their patrol officers out when they do the wrong thing. And so, D, we have ourselves in a situation where we, we just have to mount up a movement to say that we're not going to be allowed to be policed differently uh, than other Americans. Uh, because clearly, I believe we are being policed differently and that we are victims of uh, police violence. Well, James, you know, I, I believe you're right. I, I guess we're back at that place again. Um, I'm like Miss Cheryl. Uh, you know, uh, when I was a teenager, uh, things had gotten so much better that uh, all we had to do was just make sure that we didn't get too intoxicated to get home. And, and I, I mean, as a young adult. Um, but now, uh, you know, uh, our young people have to walk on eggshells. They really do. Um, you know, and, but, you know, I, I do want to also point out in the, in the spiritual realm of things that this, this is a message from God, and I do believe that because, you know, uh, our our young people and I was young once and I and, and I wasn't the best of character at that time. Um, you know, we we let ourselves get out of hand. 
um, um, by doing what we wanted to do and didn't care about what anybody thought of us. Now, that that doesn't mean that other pre, other persons don't do that. But, you know, I think what comes to mind when I say that is the, what my daddy used to say when I was a young boy or when I was a young kid, that you can't do what they do and expect to get away with All right. So, uh, you know, so when um, our new caller, when she spoke about her friend, uh, uh, having uh, having a weapon in the car and large sums of money, you know, the two combination is can be volatile in itself, and and to couple that with speeding, okay, these are the things that Miss Cheryl talks about with her son, you know, how don't bring so much attention to yourself, and that's that's the new message that we have to convey to our younger people, especially the younger young people. The ones that uh, that are coming up. Um, now, you know, I have always said that um, it's, it appears that young people uh, here lately have a, a short life expectancy. You know, they don't they don't have much longevity. If they get to be thirty, they think they think they're old. Okay, but my 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 observation have been once they reach the age of thirty, and then they realize that they, there's something more. Then they come to a point to where they want to uh, uh, interact with us, the older people. You know that I don't know about I don't know about where you're from, but in, where I'm from, they call the older man unk, as an uncle, as a total stranger. What's up, unk? As a total stranger, and that and that in, in turn means that they are willing to uh, interact with you. Uh, this is their new arrival. You know, if they if they reach the age of thirty and and thirty four and thirty five and hadn't seen no jail time or seen minimal jail time, they feel blessed. So they're ready for something new. So I think it's um it's time for us to start paying more attention. You know, Donald Trump he's gonna do what he do. That administration's gonna come to an end. But our attention still has been our court has been pulled to where all right now what y'all gonna do? We need to do our thing, like Michelle uh, always said. Whatever we're doing, we can do more. And but um, you know, yeah, they should be held to. Uh, we should uh, start a new movement, and I think we're doing it. I think we're doing it by way of conversation, by uh, uh, by us putting our ideas together, and then once we do that, we go out in our everyday lives and try to uh, make other people aware, so they can start making some changes in their own life. Thank you. But, um, Joyce, our children should not uh, be uh, dealt with in a way that they're going to be taken to jail for insignificant things. Now, these people were not charged, and uh, it was said that there was not enough uh, information to charge them, but yet they still had that experience. They still spent 10 or so hours in jail for something that was inconsequential. So we shouldn't, our young people shouldn't be uh, submitted to these kinds of things, and all you're going to do is turn them loose and say, okay, well, you know, no harm, no foul. There was harm. Being locked up for 10 hours is harmful. 
That's true. And and that that is the modern day what they call lynching. Back there in our parents' days of another, they didn't even make it home. They made it with a rope around their neck on a tree for being in the wrong place, looking at the wrong thing, uh, blinking at the wrong time. Now, to the new caller, what, what, what uh, going forward, whenever someone is talking to you, and I've always told my son this, and you've been pulled over by the police, don't you dare call me back. You keep that phone live because I am your witness of what is going on. Also, I would like to say that we have to also start talking about the old days to our young people. Let them know exactly what they went, what we went through. In my garage, and I'm going to pull that out, I still have that sign where it said white water, black water. I experienced that in Meridian, Mississippi. I used to, to me, Audrey, Vivian, we used to run in Newberry's, testing, the, uh, drinking the cold water to see whether or not it was different from the white folks, the white folks' water different from the colored folks' water. I have to tell my, my sons this because they would never, ever experience, but they will experience something differently in their generation, but it's got a different twist. But you've got to be able to recognize it when it happened to you. Now, for these young men, it's devastating to enough but they have learned their light bulbs are on, believe me. I'm sure they're going to walk through life at a different way. It's too bad about the lesson that is learned, but with some of us, we can learn the lesson by listening to some other people, but other God got his way of making other people learn the lesson by going through it. I believe D is correct. You know, this is a message. It's a wake-up call to all of us. So what we're doing, what we need to do, what we have to do better and talking is, is 100% is key. But we have to tell our young people, be, be aware. Everybody is not your friend. Be able to look a person and read a person, and you can tell what they're coming from. Whenever you stop, pulled over, and sometimes you can say, excuse me, sir, do you mind if I get my, my ID out of the you, you talk through everything that you're doing with your hands. If not, then you keep that hand on the steering wheel until you tell him, sir, do you mind if? It's just that's where we are in our generation, and that's where we have to look up to your new president of the United States for all this going backwards that we've done. And it's a shame that we're going backwards and not forward. But it it, it kind of wakes us up, too, and let us know that we wasn't as poor as we thought we were, you see. You know, we you know, and then we got too comfortable of thinking that we 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 was all right, and they accept. No, 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 no. You never ever get get too comfortable with anything, and there's nothing wrong with him having to be aware of all times. And Sherry, we have to talk and keep talking and keep talking. And even if they say, "I know, Mom," they still listening. Thank you. Uh, I'm going back to our new caller and. I promise. Give me your name one more time, and I'm going to write it down so I can remember it uh, from this point on. Shay. Zero three five four. Right, it's Shay. Shay, okay. <laughs> and that's a shame because my name is D Shay, so it's S H A Y. Right, S H A E. Okay. All right. Uh, that's when you talk about how. <laughs> how you talk about your friend being treated, and that's that's so new to us. I mean, no matter how you behave, think about it now. When the, the guy behaved, when he had his girlfriend and the, the baby in the car, 
and he tried to behave and still ended up getting shot three times. And it's just sad that our kids, here again, I uh, I called uh, Starbucks and I called their corporate office and they had a good conversation with me and I even emailed them. And it's, it's just sad that we have to share with these people how they need to train their staff so that they don't treat us differently than they treat their, female, their, their white customers. Even in that, he was hot because he felt like he come from a he come from a different cloth than most people. So, in a sense, he felt like he had arrived. That okay, why are they doing this to me? I, you know, I'm not smoking weed. I'm not hanging outside. Of, you know, the club, my hat backwards. You know, whatever. So. In talking to him, he was angry for the longest, which I I can um, relate to because even I have been somewhat in a situation like that where, as one of the college said, in in a sense, you can't really act like your true self. In other words, you have to act fake. You have to play their game. You have to go along with certain things. They act like, you know, because you can't get too loud or you can't act your true color because that's what they're looking for. Or you being provoked to get that reaction. I myself have been in that situation where I find myself having to bite my tongue to not give them the reaction that they're looking for. So I, too, myself have been to school and I have a degree. And I'm probably uh, more... um, equipped with knowledge and skills to be above my manager, but yet she still look at me like I'm that, that, for lack of better words, that low-class nigger. I'm doing everything I'm supposed to do right. I'm talking the way I need to talk. I'm, I'm not acting like the person who they want me to act like. And that's real. It's frustrating. It's stressful because I find myself being fake. I can't really <laughs> say what I want to say or act like my true self without that, oh, we know she was going to do that. That's what they all do. So it it takes a toll, I guess, on the person of color to have to, to go through that. And the uh, Lord Audrey, let me introduce Shay to you because you have transcended uh, in a lot of ways while starting in an opening position and been able to move up. And But you're still aware of how things are different. Well, sensational Saturday to everyone. And, and I just called in um, shortly and I was just hearing the end part of um, what Joyce was sharing, which is very relevant uh, to making sure that we share our history with our children and helping them to understand. And uh, immediately when I was listening to Ms. Shea uh, describe um, what she's going through and and how and why she feels that she has to do that, I immediately thought about what Joyce and I always uh, share on um, on this program, the importance of survival. So you're exactly right. You're doing what is necessary to survive. Uh, Joyce and I have roots uh, from Mississippi, and um, 
some of the differences uh, that we uh, we have differently than Mr. Deshay is coming up and being raised uh, black in Mississippi. We learned early what to do, how to do, why to do, why not to do. It's a time and place to do everything, and um, and it is as relevant now in today's society as it was when we were coming up. So uh, let me encourage you why you feel, Ms. Um, Shay, that you may not necessarily be yourself. Um, I think the reason why you have to regulate uh, part of uh, of how you respond is because of the, the workplace itself. But I encourage you to be your authentic self, meaning that it's a time and place where you will be able to share more of who you are, but also use your wisdom, which you have done, obviously it sounds like, and knowing when not to say it and when uh, to say something. And, and holding your tongue is a powerful weapon. Uh, even scripture tells us the importance and power of the tongue as it relates to what we say and uh, what we think and being voicing it. Um, I'm, I'm not familiar. I didn't have a chance, um, James, to listen to the video. I, I think it had something to do with Starbucks. I, I'm believing that you reached out to them, and they have been since uh, reached out to you. I'm not a, a user of Starbucks uh, because I just don't drink coffee, but I do know that I prom uh, promote it in the sense of I buy gift cards to people that I do know who enjoy uh, Starbucks, whether it's their coffee, their um their teas, their chocolate, hot chocolates, uh, or even collecting their mugs. So uh, I do interact with Starbucks, but I was glad that you took the opportunity to reach out, and I'll have to look at the video. Well, I, let me say this, is that I um, use what the tools that Joyce has shared, and uh, I was pleasantly surprised with both of the responses that I received from the local Starbucks as well as the corporate ones. But that doesn't mean we should hold back. And so I did email them as well, and I sent an email uh, to everyone. It is important that we do what Joyce has said. We need to be proactive. And every time that a corporate um, entity does something or one of their managers do something that is inappropriate, we need to address that so they won't get even worse. If this manager gets called on the carpet for uh, calling the police on one of her patrons just because they were waiting for a friend, then there'll be fewer managers who, re who will act or behave in that kind of way. Uh, the local um, store here said to me that they live there right across the street from a college, and a lot of the college kids stop in there and study and do certain things, and they don't require them uh, to to buy anything. Uh, the only time that they ask people to leave when it's seemingly uh, obvious that they may be homeless and they're going to sleep. They don't allow their patrons to sleep in the store. Uh, so that is understandable. Uh, but obviously we have to deal with the fact there are segments of our society that are being treated inappropriately and who are having a jail experience for a situation that should not be handled that way. And that's what's inappropriate. 
uh, Joyce, we, we just want to be treated fairly, uh, both by uh, businesses and by uh, the law enforcement. Exactly. But we, we have to be smart on how we'll go about it, getting that respect. Uh, sometimes you might not be able to get it right then and there, face to face. But the but the the good thing about it, and the, the, it's not the revenge of it, but on the back end, you can you're gonna demand that type of respect that you should have gotten by uh, doing the right thing and approaching the cooperation. And believe me, you know, word of mouth can kill a company. Uh, just a little word of mouth can it can bring a company down. Uh, who would have thought that the young man? Uh, uh, could have brought this uh, news reporter down, uh, the young student. And he's a high school student, by the way. You know, so word of mouth can kill a company. So we have to uh, demand the respect, but it's the way that we go about uh, getting that respect. So, and uh, the main thing is like we always have to be constantly is speaking to our young people and letting them know what the reason why that they're able to, to really address and be where they are in the position in some of them. And don't ever think that you have arrived next to the white. You never will arrive, even though you know in your mind you have arrived. So something that you cannot go making nobody like you, you can't prove nothing to somebody, but uh, Miss J, you're doing the right thing. And you know what? You're killing them when they can't uh, make you pissed off, you know. So I applaud you 100%. You are good at what you do. And you keep doing it, sweetie, because you're doing a good job as to what you need to do in order to, to go to the level that you want to go. Thank you. Thank you. And, Shay, let me, and, and Shay, let me say to you, um, you're not the only one. I have to be very careful. I am 6'6", and I am a big man. I play college football, um, and I have a big voice. And uh, I have to be real careful not to move my arms. Uh, uh, in, in any strong way uh, because they see all of that as a threat. You know, we like moving our hands and uh, our voices are strong. And so uh, a lot of times we have no intention of becoming violent, but they perceive it as violent because we have a strong voice and we're moving our hands. So uh, I have to be real careful when I'm interacting with police officers I was sitting in my truck, and I called the police, and I was upset about what somebody was doing uh, in the area that I was in uh, when I was conducting business. And the first thing this man said to me, instead of him getting my side of the story, he focusing on, why are you yelling? I'm just right here. I'm yelling because I'm upset. That is normally what people do. Uh, but he wanted uh, to address the volume of my voice versus the reason why I called him. And so they are always looking uh, to change the narrative when it comes to us. Um, and so, Cheryl, you know, we have to just be ready to do what is in our best interest. That's what I tell people all the time. Do what's in your best interest. I'm so sorry. I didn't hear all of it. I heard when you say about doing what's in our best interest. Right. Go ahead. No, when you were saying, no, the the part before that. Okay, well, I was hear. just saying you have to, don't be ashamed 
because I, too, at 6'6", and very big, have to sometimes lower my voice and don't use the movement of my hands so as not to increase their insecurity or their fear. And so, uh, you know, when you uh, – I'm retired now, but I remember being called into the office and recognized here I got this little small white man, and, you know, he – anything I do, he, well, he did this, and I, I thought he was going to hit me, you know. And so you have to be aware of that stuff because of how they, they, you know, they are and the fears they have us of us as a people. And you're right. You're absolutely right. And the reason why I didn't hear that is because of something um, that I had found in my son's room that I was not, um, that I was unfamiliar with. And while you were talking, I was sending my other son, my oldest son, a picture of it to find out what it was and should I be concerned. And um, that's what I'm saying. I'm always, I'm always, always, always cautious about, you know, the things that's going on right now. And you're so right because I tell him the same thing in which I mentioned, you know, earlier is, you, you know, you absolutely right. When to speak, when not to speak. And, and it's so, in one way, it's so sad that we have to teach them this. And I don't mean um, because he's not a vulgar language talking person, but just the tone of your voice and then how you interact with your friends not to make anybody around you fearful. So that's, that's right. You, we are always trying to make those around us not to fear us because we don't know what's the next thing that's going to happen. And um, I don't know if you know. And I'm and I'm thinking about you know the the little the child or the person with the cell phone. I looked at a video earlier with a man being stopped and the cops just beating him down and beating him down. And then they arrested his friend, the girl, because she she tried to call nine one one on the police officer because they just kept hitting him in the head, hitting him in the head, and. I mean, this this is escalating to the point that, you know, we got to be so cautious. And I guess, like I said, I'm raising a male now, and my job is for him to survive. And on top of that, I have three grandsons, and then my daughter, who's just, she's having another son. And it just seems like it's just escalating uh, and we don't even know, we, we try to put ourselves in a positive environment, but we don't even know how those individuals perceive us. So it's, it's I mean, it's, it's a mess. It's a mess, James. And I'm, like I said, you called me at a time where I went in there and I saw something. I took a picture of it and sent it to my son. Because I'm like, you ain't going to carry this or you're not going to bring this um in the call because it may seem like it's something other than what it is, you know. So I'm always cautious, even while I'm trying to be on a radio show. I'm still trying to be cautious. <laughs> yeah. But we do, we do. We have to watch everything that we say and the way we do things. We do. All right. 
Well, we're going to uh, take a break, and then we're going to come back and give everyone an opportunity to have their final word. for this evening and particularly Mrs. Shea, we have to keep telling ourselves is that we are royalty and that's one reason why the jealousy is always there. Believe me, we come from royalty. Our ancestors were royalty. So that's what we got to hang on to and that's what we got to realize. And when you're dealing every day and when you're out there, always remember you 
you are royalty. Thank you. All right. Audrey, your final thought for this evening? The opportunities that we have are not just for ourselves. It's for the legacy that's going to continue behind us. So the actions that we take, it's very important that we're taking them uh, for those who's coming behind us. And sometimes it may mean us uh, being wise enough not to say or not to act because it's not only us that's being impacted, but it's those, um, our children and our children's children. And, uh, Shay, just let me say this. There will come a time when your voice is going to be heard uh, louder than it may be at this moment. Uh, I just retired, and I, I, my voice is such that I can say what it is I want when I want. Uh, I put my money somewhere where nobody can get it but me, and so I, I don't have to worry about the government giving me anything. So I can talk about them the way I want to. And so everybody will have that opportunity. We just have to get ready and prepared to use the platforms that we have, and then they'll grow into greater platforms, or we'll get to the point where we've done what we had to do, and now our voices can be as loud as we want them to be. Uh, Joyce, uh, what is your final thought? I mean, I'm sorry, uh, uh, Cheryl. Um, everybody was so correct in what they were saying and um, that we can continue to be the voice to our younger generation. So whatever we are doing to get that um, across to them can always do more. All right. Uh, Shay, what is your final thought for this evening? Um, I appreciate what everybody has said. It's truly encouragement. Um, I do believe that we are royalty and everything that has been done, that will be done, and that we are currently doing is not in vain. And that's all I want to say. Thank you all. Well, just know that um, we are part of a movement and that we want our voices heard, and we need more people like yourself uh, to come on this line and talk about what's going on. Uh, I would have never known today what happened at that Starbucks had Nate not shared that story with me. So I always need your eyes open uh, and available to text me um, uh, at 407-394-9819 when things are happening in your area that I might not know about. And, again, we have to use those techniques that Joyce has shared with us and, Joyce, I have to remember sometime soon uh, to ask you to reshare those techniques with us about how to get on that phone and call the right people and say the right things uh, because we have to be in charge of our lives and how we want to live them and make them the, um, that information notable, noticeable to the people who, who can do something about it. And so I want you to know, uh, Joyce, that I did call uh, the corporate office. I had a good conversation with them. I emailed them as well, and uh, hopefully we can get one of their representatives on the show because uh, we have to be about making sure people know what it is that we're talking about and that we're not going to stop uh, getting on these policemen cases 
for treating us unfairly. Exactly. All right. This is, uh, we're, we're going to go out and let everybody know again, I need to thank you all for your continued support. I need your voices on this show so that people know that we're ready and prepared to talk about the issues that impact our lives today and in the future. Take care, everybody, and I'll see you tomorrow at 8.30 p.m. at 657-383-0309 so your voices can be heard loud and clear. your children and don't let them fall by the side of the road and teach them to love one another that heaven might find a place their heart Jesus is love He won't let you down and I know Jesus